Jonathan Kent and myself, Tony Rossino. Uh, Jonathan Kent, why don't you introduce our special guest today? Yeah, how's it going, guys? So we have a very special guest today. It's the one, the only, the doc, the Doctor Mark Miller. Oh, nice. How's it going, almost, Mark? Almost, almost got that. It's going good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you for stopping by. Um, as yeah. I mentioned before the pod is you were on our shortlist people we would want on, but you, we always thought you would say no. So this is very exciting for us. <laughs> it's my first podcast too. And you know, like I said, I told Esteban, don't underestimate the free time of a trombonist. <laughs> I was genuinely shocked when you were like, oh, we li- I listened to this thing. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> why? <laughs> but why? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, no kidding. No, time, it shows huh? a lot of fun. You guys, you guys have a good banter, so. <laughs> it's actually just bullying, but we just uh, we just uh, comb that over with some band talk. <laughs> so, Mark, Doctor Miller, uh, you were you are in the PCC family as well um, with us. Um, you were the assistant director while Kyle was on sabbatical the first time, and then while Tad was on sabbatical the second time, right? Or did I get that wrong? Vice versa. Vice versa. Switch, yeah, switch it around. Sorry, yeah. man. It's all a big blur. <laughs> <laughs> understandable what was your kind of experience i would even say with the group but what did you think just overall just how, how did you feel and when we get that the nuances of like i was on the faculty and this was great and it's a great experience yeah yeah we get that how did you how did you like us <laughs> well i'm here aren't i <laughs> good point good point, point. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. um <laughs> devin keep score bring a board up <laughs> I mean, I guess I could start with just how I got into the position in the first place, which was kind of a not something I set out to do. And it just kind of is one of those happy circumstances, happy coincidences, I guess. Um, it must have been in 2013 or 2014. There was an opening for the trombone teacher at PCC. And so um, Dr. Arnwine had sent me a text message like the night before saying, send me your resume now because we're doing this audition like in two days, like these interviews and, you know, we want you to interview. And so I said, okay. And so I got all my stuff together and sent it in and I get there for my interview. And it was, you know, a couple of standard questions with the board, with, you know, some of the faculty, Kyle was there, Dr. Arnwine. Um, and then I was going to do a teaching demo and the student who I was supposed to teach didn't show up. Uh, that's quite Typical. PCC. That's <laughs> so, on par for the community college course. Oh, yeah, and yeah. so just at that time, a bass trombonist is walking down the hall and Kyle's like, hold on. And he runs out there and grabs <laughs> it. It's like, get your horn and get in here in five minutes. Like, Yeesh. that's great. And so he just, yeah. So I ended up doing the lesson and I thought, you know, everything went pretty well. I ended up not getting the position that's and I was pretty bummed about it. But I think, at the time, they were looking for someone with more of a jazz background, and that's not really what I do. But then about a year later, I get a phone call from Kyle, and he's like, hey, you know, um, I remember your interview, and you applied for the trombone job, and I was really impressed. You know, sorry we didn't pick you, but we have an opening for assistant band director to fill in uh, while one of the faculties on sabbatical. Would you be interested in, you know, interviewing? It's like, yeah, you know, definitely. I got all nervous and everything. It's like, okay, well, you know, come by tomorrow and don't worry, don't dress up. You're the only person I'm asking. Like, yeah. we're just gonna like, you know, go over the details. And it so a, it was a mob hit. You didn't even know it. 
yeah it was a little <laughs> bit like uh, you know end of goodfellas with joe yeah. Pesci walking in. <laughs> um but yeah so i got there and he's basically like the position is yours if you want it i'm not asking anyone else you know i think you'd be a great fit and i was like yeah I'm totally soaked at that point i think i had been out of school for two years and was you know hunting for college jobs and applying to everything and so to have the, the, my local college that i've known really well offer me a position was like score and then when i was there he's also like oh well the trombonist we hired he's taking leave too this semester can you fill in there and so i was like yes yes i can it's aligned (laughs) it's the pcc way again just in for an engine for a mile and you think you're going to be there for one or two years and then you never leave i mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but so i mean going back to sorry for the long-windedness here but um um, to answer your question, what I thought about the program is, I mean, it's amazing, especially when you consider most community colleges don't have anything close to that. So to have the level of organization, even some state schools don't have a marching band program, anything that resembles this. So, I mean, the fact that, you know, there's so many people that are dedicated to it. I mean, there's a couple of lifers who, at, when I was teaching, I was like in my 30s and there were people there that were almost the same age as me. John just rose his head. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, the level of sophistication as far as, you know, putting on a field show and going and doing all the exhibitions and doing all the football game stuff and at a high level too, not just kind of, you know, half-assing it, but really putting in work and people showing up to rehearsals. I, th- I was really impressed and inspired by it. You're talking about band, not football, of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> high level, I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do agree with you. Like a million miracles happen a day in that band. Like I don't know how we get get the level of product that we do done every year on that. It's it's really fascinating, impressive, impressive. It's a testament to everybody involved and to and to Kyle as well. I think. Oh, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think my my kind of earliest memories of you, Mark, are like, uh, you know, you came in and we're on the staff and it's like, hey, nice to meet you. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you kind of, I think you looked at us and you're like, what's going on with blah, 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 blah. And we just looked back at you like, well, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> hate to break it to you. We need a resounding vote of confidence on <laughs> the planet. It, yeah, it was a lot of like, you know, this is, I'm new here, so I'm looking for people who have had the guidance, and then I just look at you, Esteban, and just like, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it. Just going to roll. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. It is what, it, it'll all work itself out in the wash, you know? So I'm wondering, you know, if that made you feel a little bit more comfortable that you were kind of on the same plane as the staff, or if you were more nervous that they didn't know what, they was, what was going on at the moment. It honestly made me feel a little more comfortable because it was kind of like, okay, you know, the stakes, it kind of lowered the stakes a little bit, like for yeah. getting in, easing into it and also having Kyle there to really kind of show the way mm-hmm. of, you know, and so I really looked, I took a lot of inspiration from how he worked with the band and kind of, he was throwing, you know, all these life lessons and, and tidbits at me too, when I was, you know, when we were just hanging out in his office or on the bus or something you know, kind of decoding his, his teaching strategy, which was, was really great. I mean, to have that. And then when I did it the second year, it was a little bit of the opposite of that. (laughs) (laughs) Say the least. (laughs) Oh, I'm interested. 
Uh, How would you compare? Well, Devin can tell you a lot about that. No, they've they've heard me talk about it. The first year you were drum major, Devin. Mark was your was the assistant director, right? Yeah, Uh yeah. Mm -hmm. Fun times. So, what was that? What was that dynamic like between like the the two of you? Like, did you guys bond easily or just? Uh, You want to go first, Mark? I mean, (laughs) I was like, I fucking hated that guy. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't blame him. Romance from the start, man. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Like, like I like even in my interview when Mark walked in, they were they introduced him as like this Dr. Miller, like he's gonna be filling Kyle was like, he's gonna be filling in for me while I'm on sabbatical. And I was like, okay, so the rumors are true, cool, cool. Um, because he hadn't formally said anything to the band yet. I was like, all right, yeah, well, yeah. inside information. And like from the jump, I was like, all right, this guy's gonna be easy to work with. He's He's got his. He's got a decent head on his shoulders. He sounds like a competent musician. Good, good ideas. Like, cool. So, yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> I thought you were yeah. awesome. Thanks. I mean, well, yeah, it was. It was awesome having a, you know, a drum major who was open to listening to ideas and could take some ideas and run with it too. You weren't always like, "What do I do next? What do I do next?" You could kind of we could say, you know, especially after the first few weeks. Okay, this is the process go and take the band and go warm them up while we yeah. put out these other fires. And I knew that we could trust you to do that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was cool. It was, uh, one of the things you said to me that stuck with me forever was it was an, it was a Thursday night rehearsal. No, it was yeah. nothing. It was this, nothing could go, this could go anyway, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Roll the dice. <laughs> The the powers that be that like are would actually be concerned about don't listen to this podcast, but John could still cut it out if it gets to be the point. No, this is- I got I got the podium one night and like like it was like not going well and we were all just like we just want to be done and Mark came over to me, put a hand on my shoulder, like, Devin, thank God you know the score because the last time I was here, the drum major didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I, I did I did something right. <laughs> what we get for teaching to read <laughs> uh, i'm just fooling everybody i don't know <laughs> i don't know what you mean, but yeah no i mean it's that's part of the job though is you got to know the music you got to know you know you want to know especially if you're going to be leading everybody you have to know everyone's job yeah and you have to know when so that way you know when they're doing it and when they're not mm-hmm. you know um when I was taking conducting classes and things like the conductor would say that you basically need to know how each instrument plays and what each instrument can do. So that way you know how to get the most out of each. You don't have to be able to play that. Obviously you're not going to be able to be at the same level as the other people who are playing their instruments, but you need to know what the standards are. So you can pull that out of the, of those students to get the most from them. Yeah. Yeah. That was an actual like intellectual kind of like piece of advice, and I think that's the first time we've had anything like that <laughs> on this program. On this show. Really well, weird. in fairness, he does hold several more degrees than any of us have combined. In fact, yeah, no, no, look, count them. <laughs> no, I think that's true. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Um. It goes back to what Espan was asking a little bit earlier. Um, how was the experience from the first year you did it to the second year, like, like, like the workload wise and just like your experience wise, just like because it's two different. You know, like, obviously, it was two different directors doing two different things. So, like, what was the contrast that you you saw between them and all that? Or 
and whatnot? Yeah, um, it was a lot of, there was a lot of differences. I mean, it was two years apart, so there was still a lot of um, holdover from a lot of the members of the band. So I think in the second year, I kind of knew how things ran better. So I was, I was more comfortable coming into it. I knew what the expectations were for like what the band could do. Um, and I think I leaned a little bit more on some of the, the students who had, who I knew and also leaning on Devin to kind of be like, okay, you know, I'll do the best I can here as far as leading things, you know, without having Kyle there, it was really kind of like, no one really felt like they were 100% sure how this is going to work out at first. And as the season wore on, I think we really kind of found the groove. And it was a little, you know, it was, like the first time was a little unnerving. The first time, just because I had never done this. And then the second time was like, okay, this is the first time I'm doing this in this situation where there's a little bit more expected of me. And as far as, you know, being in charge and leading things. So, and, you know, I, I learned a lot both years, but in different thing, different uh, areas. I feel like that second year, like, um, was so contrastingly different because the first year Kyle was there. So you, we were able to kind of like still take direction. But that second year, so Devin, like your first year, that was the Wild West. And I feel like that's where, uh, Mark, I think we, uh, I think our kind of my fondest memories of you come from that year. Um, there's just a, a crap shit of things we did that were just absolutely bonkers. That would be fun. Yeah. One of my, yeah. I'm sorry, go on. No, go ahead. Okay. I was just agreeing. Yeah. Um, one of my fondest memories from that second year was um, when Esteban and I created this attendance sheet of everybody who was tardy and on time and everything. <laughs> and then, oh. yes. And then you were talking to this one trumpet player who was kind of, you know, a little bit big in the head and all that and everything. And um, they were, you were telling me, like, you know, you might not be able to do the honor band because, you know, you have a lot of tardies and your absences are piling up and everything. And then you're, they're like, oh, well, prove it to me. You're like, oh, give me one second. So you go to the desk like, and you look for their name. You're like, um, that's one absent, two absences, three absences. Oh, you were tardy here and all that. It was just so great at how nonchalant you were and just made me laugh. <laughs> I had been waiting all year for that, like that. Payoff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't plan that. It just. One of those things, you know, I like, I'm a visual person. Like I really like having things laid out and I mean, I've got like two different journals right here that I keep track of all my different stuff in. So having that kind of all laid out there and also because I didn't, I have yet to still figure out how to do the attendance processing for PCC <laughs> for the band. <laughs> I was never taught that. And that was just like, Kyle was always like, I'll, I'll do it. And then when I was there, then the second year, Tad's like, oh, I'll take care of it. So I'm like, yeah, and Tad doesn't do attendance. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm not going to do this. I, Cause it's like a, it's a reverse attendance kind of situation where it's like, you don't write when someone's absent, you write when they're there. Yeah. It, it, it is very kind of counterintuitive. Yeah, so just having it all laid out in the thing there just made sense to me to have that. And and then right there in that moment, it was kind of like, yeah, here are the receipts, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I remember printing that thing out with John and we we made it and it was literally like 20 sheets of paper yeah. that were taped together <laughs> and then like taped onto the physical desk. And we thought it because we were having trouble keeping tra- uh, like track of attendance and we thought it would be comedic because it's overly sized. And we thought, ha ha, who could possibly use this? And so we left it in uh, what is like your office, right? And then uh, and then we walk in the next day, and you're like, "Oh, I love this." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, "Oh, that that'll work." <laughs> 
I remember being called in by I, I don't remember if it was US Devon or Jonathan. There you one of you called me and was like, Hey Devin, like could you like come here and like double check us on this? I'm like, the fuck do I need to double check? Like it's just an Excel spreadsheet. And I and it's this ju- it's like a scribe <laughs> spent like seven years. <laughs> it's like three by five feet. <laughs> It really was. I learned how to make spreadsheets that year, so I was pretty excited. <laughs> what in the goddamn? We all learned a lot that year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, what are yeah. some shenanigan moments you remember? Uh, maybe that involve. They don't have to involve the students. They don't have to involve us. Just in general, what are some with that band? I'm sure there's plenty of war stories you tell. So, uh, what are some of those? You can oh my gosh. Um, uh, let's see. There's. Um... You know, lots of little things. Well, there was the one day where um, the buses didn't show up because uh, Tad had forgotten to order them. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was some sort of screw up along. He was too, like, there he was was... too busy not doing the attendance. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't privy to all of that, but I think there was some somewhere along the line something got screwed up, and the buses were we were all waiting, and then like <clears throat> Tad's calling the company, they're like, "What buses?" And he's like, I ordered these buses, and then so then they showed up like an hour late. But yeah, we were able to. Like we still made it. Time for them. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we still made it and everything. Um, uh, let's see shenanigans. I remember mostly just joking around, you know, with you guys, like in between the breaks, and <laughs> you know, just just grab assing a lot yeah. of like you know different you know whatever someone was screwing up or something. We kind of, <laughs> there's jokes a, about that. There's a video um, that I think I have like off Snapchat or something that I really like. And it was when you were assistant director and it's all of us. It's like a, it's like a Saturday rehearsal. And John, you're on the podium. David, you're standing next to him. And Tad is trying to explain something to us. And it's just like the camera just pans and you just see all of us staring at him like, and you can tell we're tired because the sun is like beating down on and he's singing some random part because that's where he wants to start right we want to staring at him and then eddie uh the some guy is just laying down he's laying down in the shade of the podium and just like on his phone not even trying to listen and i was like man this like encompasses what this <laughs> this entire experience was like is everybody going what the fuck did, what do you mean and then eddie's just like yeah I'll just go with it you'll be fine <laughs> uh, one of my one story i do tell all the time is uh for my first year we had a saturday morning rehearsal and it was like one of the hottest days of the fall of course and yeah, of course and it was one of those ones before the football game so we're kind of there and it's getting hotter and hotter and the field is just like baking and so we come in for a water break and one of the trombonists comes up to me, goes, um, I, I have a problem. I'm like, what? He, he holds up his shoe and it had literally <laughs> melted. <laughs> like you can see the, the sole coming off of the top and there's just like strings of like glue just melting. I was like, yeah, okay, go, go back. <laughs> you can go change your shoes. Yeah, yeah. How do we solve that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were, those dinkles were like, 20 years old i'm sure and yeah 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 and then the 120 degree field just they, they couldn't <laughs> oh man they gave us but uh when john and i were in the band there was this one kid remember he had done um i think the honor band and didn't want to buy new shoes for the lancer band so he took his white mtx's 
and he literally dunked them like into like a bucket of paint of black paint <laughs> and he let them dry <laughs> and then he used that for the rest of the season and it was just like that'll do <laughs> another moment i remember with mark that i just i i i like makes me laugh is um your second year and one of the rehearsals i told you guys like oh hey i can't go i'm going to a concert to see a band and all that and everything and i was like yeah okay no no worries we'll handle the rehearsal and all that we got it and then i come back to the following saturday because we have a rehearsal and i'm wearing a shirt from that concert and one of the kids who was like a low brass player is like oh you went to that concert i'm like yeah it's great and everything and then i was like yeah and he's like oh i went too and everything I'm like oh okay and then just kind of like listening to him and i was like like why wasn't he here and then i go to mark and said oh so so and so um went to this concert when they said you know they had to drive their parents to the hospital and then you're like thank you that's all i needed to know and then you went <laughs> to go find them <laughs> and yeah I, just, I think you cut him from the honor band after that because i remember going back into the office after the rehearsal and he was asking if you were there or tad was there but you guys weren't and he started crying to me and george about how he messed up and he felt bad and everything but yeah yeah that was i remember that (laughs) if it had been the only time yeah that would have you know we could have that would have been it but there was kind of a history of not showing up not knowing your parts not being able to cut you know hack it so i was kind of just like i'm done (laughs) (laughs) we don't need to deal with this anymore yeah, your second year, I felt like you were on the warpath for a couple students. You know, yeah. this might like go back to you just being <laughs> yeah. a little bit more like like comfortable with the whole situation and stuff. But like, <laughs> there are a couple guys you're like, oh, I got my eyes on those guys, man. And I was yeah, just like, I, yeah, I like this, Mark. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I knew people were going to probably try to take advantage of it because of me because I wasn't Kyle, and they knew Tad was not going to necessarily be as involved with the band he's gonna do more of the drumline stuff because that's what he does and so i was just like you know okay i'm gonna i'm gonna use my authority when i have it and you know i'm normally not like that kind of confrontational type of guy that will go after people like that but in this case it was kind of like you know either be on top or be on the bottom like you're either gonna show them that you're in charge or they're gonna just run all over you yeah yeah you know it was it was, I just thought it was a real cool moment. I was like, oh, yeah, Mark's Mark's a true G because he's like, all right, I'll be back, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like he went away for a year and then leveled up and then he came back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just like, all right, oh, here wow. it goes. That's <laughs> um, yeah, super cool. Um, you, like going even further back, you um, are not really a marching band guy, but you did marching band in high school, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you went to Temple City High School, if I remember that correctly. I did, um, yes. And I know that because I've taught at Temple City for several years. Um, and I, I know that we just, we know a couple of the same people. Um, and uh, in particular, this one person who went to school with you. And you, uh, you uh, we both aren't the fondest person of this guy. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. I remember we went out for drinks um, after the season one time. And you told us how you just pranked this guy over and over uh, during high school. <laughs> Um, and uh, that's when I was just like, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, all of the music, music is a small world. And then when you get into stuff like marching band, which is a subset of anything in music, it's going to be even smaller. And, you know, yeah, it's just, I think that's why it's so important to, I mean, 
be a good person and try to, you know, let your reputa- reputation precede you. You know, I always, my, you guys know my motto is don't be a dick. That's my life motto. If nothing else, it's like, yeah, yeah. just take a beat and think, what's the dickish answer? Which is the non-dick <laughs> answer? I have... Mark, I swear to God, this is true. I had that exact discussion with uh, a kid I would I'd go to college with because he was he was he was being an asshole and he was like, "Well, I want to be a horn performance major." And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, "Who the hell do you think is going to hire you if you keep this shit up? Don't be a dick." And I was like, Mark Miller from the grave in the back of my mind, like three years <laughs> down the road, is like, yeah. I don't even know this kid. But... Just in the back, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheering me on from the great beyond. Uh, yeah, I think uh, if you look at like, uh, like, yeah, Mark and I were like we're friends on Facebook and stuff, and you know, you can do the thing where you like see so and so's friendship. I think if you clicked on that between the two of us, all you would see is "Don't be a, don't dick, be a dick" post sent back and <laughs> just back and forth <laughs> for for years, like since we met. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I think. I... I think that really does, you know, and music works that way, but a lot of other areas work that way too. And, you know, if you can get along with other people, you'll get, you'll get to where you want to go. It might take time, but, you know, people don't want to work with you if you're a jerk, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think, you know, when I teach with the students at PCC or at the other schools I teach at, um, a lot of them aren't going to be performance majors whether private students or in a larger, larger ensemble setting, you know, most of the students are, if they're music majors, they're music ed, or maybe they're going into conducting or composition or some other area, a small percentage are performance majors, but, and that was my emphasis was performance with a, with also education. And so it took me a little while to figure out like, well, what do I teach them if, you know, they don't want to be a performer mm-hmm. other than, you know, okay, here's your music. Oh, sorry, I just got a phone call there. Um, <laughs> well, that was dramatic. <laughs> it was like building up to this, like really, like oh, like like the whole ethos of everything. We're like, oh, <laughs> and which would have been the ultimate prank. <laughs> <It's> like, that, <laughs> yeah. The secret nice. to life is <laughs> so. But I was thinking, like, well, how do I, you know, what do you teach? And so, I'm like, well, what can I teach the students that's going to be universal? And it's going to be stuff like how to be accountable how to organize your schedule, how do you, you know, be responsible for yourself and your work and, you know, replying to emails in time, calling people, communicate, communication skills. And so I think that's really where I tend to focus now and with a lot of students, unless they're in performance and it's really like, that's what we're going to do. Okay, then that's what you need to do. But if it's something else, then it's like, okay, we're going to do the music stuff, but we're going to work on all these periphery things as well. I, I feel like this is probably a good time to mention that we've been trying to have you on the podcast for like over a month now. And, and I feel like I'm just getting called out, but I'm just going to go into it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, you should feel when called we were, out. When we, I know. When we originally talked about like bringing you on, which like, it's like super exciting. We we're like, yeah, we really, we meet religiously like on Wednesdays. This is what we do. Immediately that next Wednesday, we stopped meeting on and it was just like highly erratic. And so we've been trying to do this for about a month. And I know, like, he's probably thinking like that motherfucker. Like, so, 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 sorry. The one thing I thought of Todd was, don't be a dick. He's being a dick. (laughs) You have failed me, Esteban. (laughs) Not the first time ever. I was going to say, it'll happen again. Don't be too disappointed. 
So going yeah. back to the teaching, Mark, um, looking like knowing what you know now, what's something you wish you would have known when you first started, you know, like teaching and all that and everything like, like, oh man, this would have been great to know by first going into this. I think the first thing, the most important thing would be to, to trust what I already know. I, I, the first few years I really suffered and I still occasionally do from imposter syndrome, like going in there and just like, well, why are, why is anyone going to want to listen to me? You know, especially I started teaching college when I was like 30. And so I was like, some of these students are almost my age, you know? So it was like, it really felt like, well, who am I to tell them? You know, what life, you know, how much more life experience do I have if I'm only three or four years older than some of these other students? And so I really, that was a struggle to kind of just realize like, no, you, you can do this. You know, you have the skills, you've, you know, you can do this. And that's something I still struggle with from time to time. Interesting. So I think yeah, I just tell myself like, it's going to be okay. You can do it. What's a, what's a moment in which you've experienced that response where you're like, I'm kind of worried about this imposter syndrome comes in and then you go and you do it and you're like, you came out of it and you're like, yeah, I got this. I can rock that, you know, at least in that moment. You have one in mind that comes to comes to the front. Yeah, I think it was probably um, one of my first college classes I had to teach. Um, so right after I got hired at PCC, I got hired from my my alma mater, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, to, to do low brass. At, so basically, I went from no jobs for two years in teaching to two college jobs at the same time, um, <laughs> which was just like you know it was insane. But I, they also had me ask me to teach a music theory class. And it was like an introductory theory. So, you know, really basic stuff. And I had not taught a college class like that before. And sometimes I was going to have to play piano and I, I'm a terrible pianist. And the, I went into that <laughs> first class, like it was a three hour theory class, first of all, because it was only going to be oh, once a week. Oof, dang. And I'm thinking, how am I going to fill three hours yeah, you just teaching and shit. <laughs> <laughs> like here's a bass clef, here's a treble clef for three hours for the first yeah, yeah. week. You know, let's just practice drawing. But I was able <laughs> to go in there and I was I was really nervous, like, okay, you know, here's a room full of people who are paying good money to go to a college and they're sitting there, okay, what do you got? And I was like inside, you know, crap in my pants. On the outside, though, I was able to hold it together, and I taught that class for a full year. And afterwards, now I'm like, I feel totally comfortable teaching a class. It's like if I can do a three-hour theory class once a week, and actually have the students remember what it's supposed to be, like when they get their finals, they actually, you know, pass. Then it's like I can handle pretty much anything. Yeah, cool. Right yeah, on. man. Yeah, Ooh. passing finals. We're trying to visualize that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. <laughs> Neither Devin. <laughs> oh boy. So, so Mark, I, I'm a little curious though, because you you mentioned that you know you get out of college, you had no job for like two years, right? And then and then before you kind of like found found just a bunch of work just like dropped into your lap. I wonder like what your kind of like state of mind was during those two years. Cause I know like big struggle for musicians is there's often no work. Um, and even in, in my line of work where we're just text, we're just text in, you know, for a marching band, there's oftentimes where we go without work. What kind of lessons did you learn during that time? Or what kind of kept you going there? 
Yeah, that's that was a really, I mean, the first year I was expecting it. I mean, it's very rare to get anything of like a substantial type gig or job right out of school. A couple people that happens to, but vast majority, you know, you got to kind of figure, scrape your way around somehow until something comes along. Um, so this second year, towards the end of the second year, I was kind of like getting antsy, like, okay, you know, there's not a lot of stuff opening up. I'm sending off my resumes and not hearing back from some schools at all and other schools I'm getting rejected. Um, you look at the time, I mean, I was able to still, I had a couple private students and I was coaching at like Temple City and some other places. So, I mean, I was, you know, and I was, you know, doing freelance gigs and playing and things like that, but it wasn't what I wanted, saw myself doing full-time. It wasn't enough to be full-time really. And so I just, I used that to try at the time to um, refine my teaching style, like kind of in private lessons, like really work with this, try different techniques with students and see what works, what doesn't. So that way, if I have to do a teaching demonstration, I have, you know, a variety of tactics I can use. I can pull on this teaching style, or I can try a little bit of that to see if I can do something that's going to show what I can bring to the table as a teacher when I do it, if I get to an interview situation. Um, you know, and otherwise, a lot of it was, you know, practice, just keep the chops going, keep trudging ahead and, and take every gig you can work as, you know, take every little gig and once again, build your network, you know, go for the hangs afterwards, get to know the other people. And it's about building that, that network out and not being, you know, being someone that people want to have on the gig. And a lot of times that's not even necessarily the best player. I mean, I think I can, I would hold my own on my parts, but you know, there are people in other positions who aren't the best players, but they get called because everyone loves working with them. And if you can't hack it, then you can't hack it. But if you can at least do your part responsibly and you're so, you know, someone who's awesome to hang around with, you're going to get work, you're going to get called. And so I, I really kind of focused on that. And I think I was all, yeah, I also got married. So in that two years, so that was also a big part of that was. Like, <laughs> I like that you bring that up afterwards. Oh yeah. And then this, <laughs> oh, by the way. <laughs> so it's like, you know, you're planning that and then there's adjusting to married life, which, you know, it's been fine. It's been great. Um, but that's another thing too. It's like, there's a lot of life changes. You get out of school and then I got married right away, like a year after that. And then, you know, find an apartment and then, okay this is where we are now. Let's, let's really try and dig in and make it work. That's awesome. So with, with those gigs, I'm curious, like um, what are your favorite gigs to take? Like, you know, you're, you're a performance guy. You've done a lot of teaching um, have, have, you know, is, are your favorite parts of the job, what you thought they would be, has it changed? Like, you know, just curious to see what, what you think about that. I think, well, my favorite gigs to take are gigs with people who I really enjoy hanging out with. It could be a church gig. It could be an orchestra gig. It could be, you know, sidelining where you're just miming along with something. If the people, if I have friends on the gig that I can hang out with, then I really don't care. You know, I, I know I'm going to have a good time. It's going to be like, you know, we could throw like side eye at each other or just, you know, <laughs> throw a little kick out when we're playing on a solo or something. And it, it's, it's fun. And it just makes it, you know, makes everything easier. Um, for playing gigs, anything, any chamber group is definitely my favorite. 
like if I have to play a brass quintet or quartet, because that's when we actually get to really do a lot of playing as a little brass guy. Most, if I'm playing an orchestra, it's fun when there's stuff to play, but a lot of times there necessarily isn't, which makes the hang even more important because that kind of compensates for the lack of having stuff to do. Um, yeah, so those are the types of gigs, I think. Basically, it's more about the people than the stuff, but yeah, chamber groups, anytime where you gotta, you know, you're the only one holding your part down, that, that's where it's really fun. Cool. Oh, Devin said you're out, so no, we gotta try that. <laughs> <laughs> An attempt was made. I appreciate that. <laughs> so with the exception of PCC being like your marching band experience, it was just Temple City, correct? Um, yeah, I did yeah, te- like- marching band in Temple City and then Tournament of Roses. I okay, marched cool. in that in 2001. Yeah, cool. Uh-huh. Um, do you have any like funny stories or anything like that from your time like in the high school group or in the honor band group when you were in it as well? Or There's got to be things you're not playing um, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, I remember... Yeah, just like in marching band for the for the tournament band was mm-hmm. um, it was Disneyland, which you know is always just right after Christmas, so it's just the worst yeah. timing. <laughs> yes, everybody goes to Disneyland. It was like what is it, the twenty eighth or something? Twenty seventh, like yeah, yeah, usually twenty seventh. Impressive. <laughs> I remember going there, and it was the most crowded I've ever seen it. And I was so exhausted just from, you know, all the rehearsals, everything that week. I'm like, I just want to go sit on the monorail and just ride that on a few loops. The line for the monorail was 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not even a ride. At that point, I was basically just ready to go sit on the bench and cry. Like, it's like I'm done. I'm so tired. Um and then that year for the Rose Parade, it was great because our band was, we were basically first in the, in the whole parade. Ooh, cool. There was the color guard, like the Marine Corps, they had the horses with the flags, and then mm-hmm. it was us. Oh, wow. So that was, I mean, a 3 a.m. call time and um, something like that. And luckily, my aunt had a camper van, like a, had a trailer thing. And so she parked on the campus because they were all going to the parade to watch me and she let me sleep there. So I didn't have to you know, commute or anything, but my uncle had given me a shot of whiskey, my first shot of whiskey the night before. This is New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, you got a prayer in the morning, son. You got <laughs> and I almost, I almost overslept my alarm. Oh. Like my, my aunt's alarm went off. She's like, Mark, you have to be there in 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay. I, I basically just threw on my clothes and just sprinted across <laughs> the campus. But I've been there. I made it. It was fine. <laughs> We've all been there. And then, um, yeah, the parade, we were right first thing, so everyone's going crazy, and then I was second from the left, second rank, and um, yeah, second file, second rank, and someone was spraying Silly String on the band as we were marching, and so I, my slide and my legs were just coated in Silly String at one point. <laughs> that guy? Dick. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> guy was a dick that day. That's what, I think, yeah, maybe that's where the seeds where it got planted. So <laughs> yeah. Don't be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, one of my favorite stories from high school is my senior year at Temple City. I was front rank, right guide. And um, 
I had played football for a couple of years in high school. So I was always like, yeah, you know, like kind of, I was going to Hulk out on people. And I kind of liked being like Hulk out doing that to the friend, to the underclassmen, you know, when you're a senior, you're like, I'm, I'm the sexual leader, blah, blah, blah. Do what I say. I do pushups. You know, I, I kind of was that, that guy. I'm sorry to admit Sometimes that. Sometimes a but, dick. Um, <laughs> okay. I was, I, I try, I try to think I've changed since That's then. I remember one parade I was front rank or, or yeah and right guide and we were on this really narrow parade i forget where it was and the people were not moving out of the way and i just made a decision like i'm gonna march and i don't care if i run someone over or hit them with my slide they you know this is their i'm in the street if they're in the street that's on them and i see this one little kid who's oh, like no. five years old <laughs> <laughs> i already <laughs> like this story <laughs> He is oblivious to the 120 person marching band barreling down on him at three miles an hour. <laughs> and I'm thinking this kid's right in my line. It's like, I am going to literally yeah, crush yeah. this kid if he's not moved, if he doesn't. God. And I'm like, you, it's like you've 10 made feet. the decision. You made the decision. I understand he has his whole life in front of him. Son of a bitch is going I said, down. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going for it. And he's playing with some like little action figure or something. And then when it gets to five feet away, I'm like, okay, this is it. Like, this is going to happen. Yeah. This kid's going to get kicked or something. His mom just like pulls him out from like the collar of his shirt, you know, like yoink, pulls him out of the way. And he drops his toy. My foot, bam! Oh, just stomp the toy. <laughs> just, 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 just like GI Joe. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh, that's the best life. <laughs> I gotta give it to you that dedication, though. Like you know, <laughs> way to stick to your guns, Mark. <laughs> that's what we were told. Like my section leader, my freshman year was a sadist. <laughs> his dad was a marine and this guy watched like full metal jacket on repeat i think <laughs> and he basically told us like when you're marching if anyone gets in your way you're just going to keep going and so we basically we practiced with, like marching gauntlets like we'd all try and distract each other as much as we could where you have to march through and play your play the march and so we're like th- you know throwing a hands at it in front of each other like not touching you doing stuff like that and so i was just kind of trained in that like i'm gonna go no matter what. Yeah, I believe that's called a hazing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to glance over that. <laughs> we'll, come, we'll circle back to that. It's all right. Bid's character, right? Puts hair in your chest. Here's <laughs> my therapist bills. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you in the movie? Tony. <laughs> uh, yeah. that's, that's too good, man. I've heard some interesting tales out of Temple City um, around that time period too so i think when um, i kind of connected the dots and kind of realized you were in that time frame where i was just like oh tell me everything you know because i've heard all these things <laughs> and then we like sat down and went through this and mark essentially said like they're all true <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah there there's some stories there i mean i i definitely was hazed my freshman year for sure. And then I did participate in some hazing. I'm not proud to admit that at all. And that's kind of one of the personal reckonings I've had was like, yeah, yeah, you know, you weren't a good person that sometimes then. I think you're a kid, you know, and as a kid, you know, you're going to be a dick. You just are, you're just going to, I mean, that's what kids are. And I think me, uh, like as like an instructor, uh, and maybe you can relate to this. I realized that sometimes when you get these just spazzes that you're working with, 
and they're just like the biggest freaking jerk. You just realize, you know, you're a kid. Like, I can't be like, astronomically pissed at you because you're a kid. You're supposed to be kind of a fuck right now. Like, and I get that. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> it's my job to try to help you along a little bit, like to try to get you to not be, you know, I, I worked for this band director one time <laughs> and he told me eighth graders, you know, they come into this band and they're, they're almost human beings. And, we, <laughs> and it's our job to kind of get them there. And it's, it's true. It's, it's really, really true. But that got you, Ajah. <laughs> yeah, it always gets me. It's a pretty good line. <laughs> it's true. It has the benefit of being very true. Yeah. So, 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 Mark, if you could, you know, thinking about your marching band experience, if there was one experience you could relive, what would, what would that be? Mm, I mean, probably doing the Rose Parade again. I, I think I really enjoyed that was the first time I had seen like that many people like march in front of that many people. I had gone to the parade once or actually I went to the parade a couple times after because I was I was a sophomore when they did the the honor band. So um I went back a couple years after that just to watch the parade. Um so I think you know being I was like sixteen, so I was like really young, not fully able to really process it or um kind of take in just the magnitude of it. I think I definitely would have liked to do that again. Well, if you Maybe want, skipping all the, the, the laps around Dodger reality. Stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this, this, this is the Mega Wish Foundation. We have the technology. <laughs> you, you that or the um, Arcadia Band Review too. The, oh, yeah. My senior year, that was that was kind of a good one. That was a big moment because it's like this is the last time I'm going to do it. And Temple City Arcadia, we were rivals, so it was kind of like our opportunity to just try and stick it to them. Like if we could score, if we weren't competing against them, but if we could get a first place in our division or something at Arcadia, I felt like, you know, that was a victory. Yeah, no, Arcadia Festival Bands, I mean, it's the most competitive band, marching parade band competition in Southern California. It's, it's it, 44 bands, invite only, only one way in is to get that invitation. It's some band director's like career goal to go to Arcadia. Um, and uh, Temple City being literally the next city <laughs> over, right? It's like Pasadena, Temple City, Arcadia, like that's the order of things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely really cool. Um, I remember my time at AFOB very, very fondly, um, despite, you know, occasionally just blowing chunks at that place. <laughs> but yeah, what are you going to do? You're a kid. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Sorry. We both took breaths at the same time. I got really yeah. weird. I was just going to ask him, does anybody else have any other questions or anything like that? Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say, um, Mark, like at where you're at now, if you were to give advice to not yourself, but to whoever's listening, <laughs> which will just be the... Just us, yeah. Just the three <laughs> of us again in an hour or so. Tony doesn't listen. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> If you were to, if there's one kind of like nugget of information, aside from don't be a dick, because again, I have that tattoo, um, <laughs> what what would that be? Ah, geez. Um, yeah, outside of don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> like, that's that's really what I got. <laughs> you know, you try and distill everything down into like, you know, the neutron star of, of the being, of your essence. Um, um I would say, let's see, people will respect hard work. And so if you want, you know, if you work really hard at something, people will notice it and, and that will go a long way. 
like if you're not sure of something, work harder at it and keep putting in the time. It may not, you may not see the dividend, the return or the dividends on it right away, but if you keep at it, people will notice and it will be respected, whether, whatever it is. Yeah. So, uh, Tony, our clown career is going to take off a bit, I promise. <laughs> We're going to make Just it. Keep at it. <laughs> Just uh, don't invite us, but keep at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair. <laughs> We're hey, man, clown, We're clown enough. stuff's hard. Clown stuff's yeah. hard. Juggling yeah. and all that. <laughs> Juggling. Don't make uh, excuses for them, Mark. It's, it's the shoe that makes really it's the shoe. Well, it's the carpooling. It's the most economic thing. Oh uh, <laughs> growing up, one of the house jokes was like, uh, we'd go like, oh, we're going to college. My dad would go, great, Barbara or Clown? And, uh, <laughs> and, then, and then I think I would go Barbara, but I mean, that's pretty good though. <laughs> so, so Devin, I guess, kind of like shifting it over to you, what was kind of your experience working with Mark, like he said, bromance from day one. I'm sure that's the same for you, but like you then followed up with working with Kyle the next year. What were some of the like uh, differences? There? Well, I mean, you know, I, the obvious difference, it's like, you know, Mark wasn't the director of bands there and what hadn't been the director of bands there for 10 or 11 years, whatever it was when I was drum major, Kyle was. So, I mean, you know, luck just came back and was like, let's go. This is what we're doing. This is how we're doing it. Cool. And like, I'm like, yeah, sure. I, I just work here, man. I, I just, I just do, I just wave my hands and call out of the day. Um, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, Mark, <laughs> you know, I, I don't mean to, because I know, because Mark, you just talked about like, you know, in, in that position, you know, you knew that it was going to be a lot of like put up for shut up in terms of either students respecting you or, or, or walking all over you um, just because of the circumstances. Um, I felt like you and I didn't really have like a teacher student relationship in the sense that it was like, we, we were really kind of in it together at that point because we were both like, do you know what's going on? No. Do you? Absolutely not. All right. We'll just go, we'll, we'll just go together and hope for the best. The <laughs> so, way. Yeah. So definitely, it was, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was definitely a really interesting dynamic to go, um, go into the drum major thing going, okay, you're the guy. And I get in and Mark, you're like, how do you guys do things? And I said, this is my first year too, dude. You're asking the wrong cat. Yeah, they didn't prepare um, me for this. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. And I mean, you know, I will say like, I will preface this. We've all talked about um, how Mr. Luck does things with the drum majors on this, on the show. Um, and how he's very, he's a type A guy and he expects, you know, one thing done one way. Um, that was a little bit of a culture shock when I came back my second year was like, cause you were very much like, like I said, we were in it together. We were just kind of muddled through it. And I got there and I was like, I think I have the job down. And Kyle checks me as hard as humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs> I just show up and I'm like, okay, so I don't know what's going on. Um, that was a, that was a very interesting dynamic, but I will say um, I valued, I valued both years um, in their, in their own way. Not just because, you know, one year was learning the ropes and one year was, um, you know, you, you know, the gigs so you can enjoy it, but rather like I've been through a lot of like director rotations in my life. Like I had three directors in high school and so like zero continuity. Um, 
but I never felt like we were totally lost like I did when we were in high school when when you when you stepped into the fold my first year as drum major um it definitely felt like we were in pretty good hands even if it was a little like out there in terms of like this isn't this isn't Kyle Luck this is you know Mark Miller they do things differently they're not the same guy uh but I never felt like oh shit well, I did, but not because of you. Um, <laughs> I was like, always I was like, all right, Mark, at least I can like scream at him and he'll be like, yeah, man, <laughs> I get it. Same. Um, I fooled you. I fooled you. All yeah, right, yeah, mission. yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It was great. Um, so bang up job there because usually I can sniff that shit out. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I always thought. Um, you did a great job. And I mean, you stepped into, I won't say an impossible situation, but, but a situation that was nigh impossible with the circumstances presented. And you never seemed rattled. I mean, oh, you, told, you told me a couple of times, you're like, I don't know what's going on. And I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. At least I know, but you never were like outwardly, like I have no fucking clue what's happening right now. Like God help me, which was like, all right. So yes. really valued that really valued all the things that you taught the band um, because you and Kyle are different, are different directors in that regard. And, you know, you both have a lot of good stuff to, to, you know, learn from. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, every teacher is, you're going to learn something different from every teacher and, you know, everyone's going to approach things differently. So I think, you know, it was, there were some moments where it was kind of like, I had to be the duck on water. It's like, if you don't, panic it's okay but inside i'm like you know, melting yeah. down no it's true um i have to hand it to you man like especially that second year because there could be there, a lot of directors couldn't do the job that you did going into it they would have they would have like broke the first or second day but you handled it really well especially throughout the season yeah it, oh. it's a tough job to to go in and just oh. get crack at it it really like Kyle's infamous of saying like, oh, there, 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 you know, X number of directors in Southern California that could do this job just as well or better than I can. And everybody in the band is like, no, I don't, I can't think of a single name <laughs> in, <laughs> in the public school sector that would be like this. They're going to just step in and it'll be fine. No, like that's not how that works. But, um, you know, you, you stepped in and, and it was fine. So kudos to you for being the one that I think uh, I think we can all look back and go. So there's there's one of however many Kyle says every year. <laughs> oh wow! I, please go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say that you know from from my perspective at least, or, or um, you know from the staff perspective, I think after meeting you the first year and kind of just clicking right away, which was like, oh, that's really relieving uh you know and then i felt like we kind of like it was like a puppy like we you were lo- around long enough for us to like name you and have a great time and then you left it's just like <laughs> oh no <laughs> ran away. And, and so then when it's like okay then you know hey mark is coming back we were like fuck yeah you know like cool like we already had that rapport we were really looking forward to it um and again I, and again i feel like you just leveled up and came back and we were able to just we clicked right back, I felt, at least from yeah. a staffing perspective, that it was just like, oh, man, it's like we picked up. And I feel like if you would have ever stepped back into 
another role like that or we ever work with, together again, I think we click right away, um, which is really nice from an instructor's standpoint because one of our biggest anxieties is who's the, like, who's the new guy or working for somebody who we're not entirely sure of. And um, I never thought with you, um, there was never any difficulty. I always thought it was really easy to um, not only work with you and work for you, but to kind of get direction and then to be able to be like, yo, man. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I definitely appreciated that as well. So, yeah, thank you. Well, thank you guys. Like, yeah, it was, I definitely agree. It felt like when we first like had those first few moments, my first year, like, we kind of like, yeah, this is how it goes here. It, you're not crazy. <laughs> like, okay. I just felt like we clicked like on the professional level, but also like as friends, like, you know, like we're on the same wavelength, same jokes and like sense of humor and it just clicks. And when that happens, it doesn't happen that often. And so it's like, yeah, you know, then that's something that's special that can work. You can, you know, you can figure things out when, when everyone kind of has that ease of rapport and it's just, it's, yeah. Yeah, you know that doesn't happen that often and it's only happened a couple times maybe in my professional life so like i'm really glad you know i had the, those you guys there for both those years because the staff really saved made it you know i'll, I'll take all the glory but you guys did all the hard <laughs> stuff so uh, yeah yeah you did, you I, I i'll share this again i know we've said this probably a few times on the podcast before but uh i my favorite memory of you and i'm pretty sure uh, it's john's too is when we were uh our second year and John and I are in the office and we're writing the drill um, and PCC has an earthquake drill that day. Remember? And the earthquake goes off <laughs> and everybody has to evacuate and we're just up shit creek and we're like, we're not leaving. <laughs> and so we just, we just like, like, you know, you come into the office cause you have to like do the sweep to make sure everybody's there and you look at us, no words are exchanged. You just see that we're in the middle of something and we're not even thinking about looking and you just turn off the lights <laughs> and close the door. <laughs> I can hear you go, yep, all cleared. <laughs> <laughs> well, we needed our drill written, so, you know. It's true. Yeah, it's yeah, true. I, I, and I got to say, in, in, in an actual earthquake, I'm going to panic. <laughs> that, that's the plan. <laughs> so, no amount of prep is going to get me ready for that. So, uh, no amount of, yeah, yeah, no drill is going to be like, <laughs> oh, I'm adequately prepared <laughs> to lose my mind. Like, what? Yeah, plan A is go to plan B. and then Just panic from there on out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that was, a, uh, again, that that is very that is easily head and shoulders uh, my favorite memory uh, of that kind of op. and I think it, it it captures this kind of picture perfect moment of I think um, all of our relationships there just just like what you guys do <laughs> <laughs> we cool we cool yeah. Uh, yeah Tony you missed a party man sorry sorry you had yeah. to go on and be successful yeah. and get a degree. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Luck did offer. He was, you know, he did did have that talk with me towards the end of my first year and said, you know, if you do another year and then you get to actually enjoy the uh drum major position, you know what you're doing. So, <laughs> so, cool. Stay on a couple more years. Yeah, Mark literally had the same experience just as Bandrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's part of the club. Yeah. Are really. you gonna be around next year? <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a fun experience being you know with the band but especially being like in 
a leadership role because you get to see the growth of the students. You get to see that how when it just comes from ideas on a whiteboard of like, we're just going to throw a bunch of these different ideas. Is it going to stick? I have no idea. Then by the time you're in November, you're like, oh, this is how this goes. This is how this goes. You see all of these things. And it almost happens. It's kind of like a frog boiling in water. You know, you don't really realize it until all of a sudden you're like, it's like around Halloween. You're like, wait a minute. We've got this. Like, yeah, the whole yeah, show's yeah. there. They can do it. It's they, totally they, how the know, drum major gig is as well. Is as well. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's, I mean, it's very, there's a lot of parallels there. Right. And so I think, I think I remember telling Devin, it's like, when you're the drum major, it's like, you should be an extension of the director, in a sense. In that, you know, if the director has to go run off and do something, the drum major, you're, you're in charge. And so you kind of have to be able to step into that role when you need to. Yeah. True. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I feel like that's the overall PCC, you know, band experiences, right? When we feel like, ah, we got it. Well, tomorrow's the last day. So. <laughs> <laughs> I hope to whatever God, I still believe in we have it. Yeah. The last show's in 48 hours. Yeah. Um, so, so Mark, I, I guess kind of wrapping up, thinking back to your experience um, with the PCC band, what is the one thing or, or, or combination of things, I guess, that you, that you thought, uh, man, I don't want to ever do that again. <laughs> what was the thing? It was like, oh, if I can avoid that, that's going to be great. <laughs> oh. Cars. <laughs> Meeting <Okay>. Jonathan. Yes. <laughs> That guy just does not get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would probably have to be just the, the Saturday afternoon rehearsals where it's just 100 degrees and it's October. And it's like, where is this? Yesterday, it could be raining. And then Saturday hits 98 degrees. And now we got all the humidity from yesterday. So yeah, yeah. The, I could definitely do without those. <laughs> Man. Well, I, I, for one, hope that... Um, we definitely get to work together again someday. Um, yeah. Me that, too. Uh, yes. Maybe we can um, talk you out of uh, <laughs> talk you back into another year, you know, six more years or something along that. <laughs> yeah. uh, happy you know. to. Yeah, I would be happy to. Just sign know, your it's... life over unknowingly. There's slightly more got... drinking now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I viewed myself as the ultimate, like or as like the uh, assistant band director their pinch hitter you know like, oh, <laughs> I was out bring in Mark Tad's out bring in Mark you know? yeah. I remember uh, that, that brought back memories I remember you stopping rehearsal once uh, because the Dodgers were in the playoffs or something like that and you announced the scores yeah over the mic hold on hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get mid to that rep, problem right mid rep mid <laughs> rep <laughs> it was playoffs you know? <laughs> although the Astros did just beat the Dodgers today so yeah uh, I'm looking at the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, Mark. Oh, is that the... Uh, it's the Padres. Padres. You're down, down here playing us. That's, right. That's when we'll overtake first place again. So yeah, Okay. <laughs> I don't know if money to do it. Uh, but anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure. sure. That is sure. the only thing I know about baseball. <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is the only factoid. And thank you for letting me use it. <laughs> Uh, cool. Um, so, all right, I think that's it. Um, if nobody else has anything else to say, um, for the five of you listening, um, you can contact us at Ready Halt Pod on our Instagram or 
gmail, readyhotpodcast.com. Questions, comments, concerns, um, cryptocurrency pointers, because I'm losing a lot of money in crypto right now, guys. I'm, I'm a bad investor. But other than that... Just I'll... collect stamps. Just stamps. Yeah, they yeah, never right. go down value. Might as well. Um, other than that, though, thanks, Mark, for coming on. It was a lot of fun having you. We really enjoyed yeah. it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for coming. Again, you're on the short this list of cool. people we thought... This was way below. Like, oh, that's so. This is so beneath that. So, so thank you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for tarnishing your reputation for an hour and fifteen. Right, minutes. Devin's oh. Okay, there we go. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> so like, I mean, I've lost my job, like my opening for a public school job after filming this podcast. So, <laughs> it's okay. it's no, okay. it was a lot of fun. It was. I really enjoyed my time here, and you know, I'm happy to come back anytime. Yeah, so, of course. All right. I'll definitely have you back. Thanks. Yeah, please. Yeah. yeah.